You can be seated. It is good to be with you all in the house of the Lord. Josh, thank you for a great morning of worship. It is good to get to do that. Yeah, yeah, you can clap for Josh. That's all right. God gives talent. That's not wrong for God to give talent. We love what the Lord does through, through you. Um, it is good to be here. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. For those that are watching online, love that you're with us even digitally. Thank you for being patient, our online community, with us as we did not stream our services last week. We had a week of prayer together. And so I want to thank you all for coming and gathering this location in Oldale Road, meeting over there last week. And it was awesome to spend a morning in prayer together, just watching you all come before God, listening to you pray over each other and pray over your families and pray over the community and pray over our culture and pray over the world. Um, It was awesome to do that. It was so neat in the different services to have uh, different leaders. So we had Pastor Calm come and pray. Man, that guy can light it up. I did... For sure, it was awesome. Anybody here, were you in the first hour of prayer? Any of the first hour of prayer people? Okay, yeah. So in the first hour where Calm was at, man, I was listening to him pray, and I, I always forget, it, it appears that, the, that Calm's power comes from his stomp. So I need to increase my stomping. Um, I, think that's, I think that's a draw from up to heaven. That's the way to do it. I love Calm, man. It was so awesome just to get to see that. And he just reminds me yet again. Now, think of this. A guy, a refugee pastor in America praying over the brokenness of America. Let that settle in. That was unbelievably powerful. Just a neat morning. And then even in the second hour, uh, Pastor Jorge Escalante praying. It was just so awesome. Praying for our immigrants uh, that are here. It just, it's such a good morning all the way around. I'm grateful, very grateful for that. All right, a couple things. One, uh, open your Bibles, if you would. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And then you can also mark Psalm 20, verse 7. So 1 Corinthians 4 through verse 8 in your Bibles, or open up your app on your phone, however you do that. Uh, And then go to Psalm 20, verse 7. Those are our primary texts we will be reading and teaching out of. I will also be referencing Matthew 16, 19 through 21, Exodus 17, 8 through 13. You do not need to look those up. And then I'll be referencing even Revelation, okay? Uh, So go ahead and go back to the first one for people that are looking it up really quick. Uh, Hilda, if you can, go back one slide. So open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, Psalm 20, verse 7. I'll leave that up there for just a moment and let you turn there. moment past. Good luck if you uh, need it there. That's good. No. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. I'm excited to go through this with you. We're continuing our series on love. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, is where we will begin today. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. We've taught through all of this already the last number of weeks. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. All right, now we get all the superlatives. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's where we're going to be today. And then the grand crescendo will be next week. Love never fails. Love never fails. It is so important. We've been saying this over and over and over again. Now the series is getting close to being done this week and next week. The Bible is so centered on this idea of love. 
And it is incredibly important that we understand what love means as it was intended to be understood at that time in history to those people, the mechanisms, the the values, the perspectives, the way they engage with each other, um, what they prioritize in their relationships to each other. All these things mattered in understanding love. That's why this series is so important. And so today we're hitting this always hopes, always perseveres. Love always hopes. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love always always hopes, always perseveres. Um, I was thinking of a good way to kind of try to explain this, and uh, I I, I am not, I was talking with Jake in the back, I'm I'm not a crafty person either, man, but Jake did save me. These unravel from the inside out. I did discover that. So today's sermon brought to you by Jake. Thank you, my friend. Um, I want to use this as an illustration. I did this about a decade ago, and the truth is, uh, as I've grown a little bit in my understanding, I didn't do it right a decade ago. So I am circling back around using this illustration again, and I'm going to hone it in a little further, okay? So uh, Silas, man, can I use you? I want you to grab this into this, okay? So come on, come on up here, right here, right here, and uh, I'll have you go. You can go out like that back door towards Alyssa. Don't move yet. Just stand there and look really pretty. Really pretty. You can smile at them all. Wave. <laughs> Come on, Silas. Does he not look good? Look at him up here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's got the Trinity Kids volunteer shirt on. Uh, recruiting, right? Is that what you're doing right now, too? Recruiting also. There you go. Okay, so bear with me. This uh, yarn, cord, twine, whatever it's called here, it represents y- your life. Okay, it represents your life. And, uh, and so... We continue to grow. So as you mature through life, you get a little bit older and your life grows. Take like five steps. So you, you get a little older, you go a little further. You know, and you continue to mature. Continue, just right, keep, keep walking a little slowly down there. Okay, stop right there and just look pretty again. Good job. Look real pretty. Smile and wave, my friend. Smile and wave. You look real pretty. Okay, so now, now bear with me for a second. I want you to pretend, I want you to pretend like in this, this first inch, so you are created, this first inch of your life is your time on this planet, right? It's, that's it. So like every terrible thing that happened to you happened right here. When that person cheated on you, when you were fired and it feels like it was unfair, when you were overlooked for a job, when you were not chosen and you feel like it was because of your ethnicity or your income level or your intelligence or whatever it might be, everything terrible that's ever happened to you happens in this spot. And then you die or Christ comes back and you continue. Okay, so I I want you to just keep walking. So keep walking. There you go. Keep walking. You continue for a thousand years. Oh, Kevin, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to floss your teeth. <laughs> Let's put that down there. Keep going. Keep going. All the way back. All the way back. Keep going. Keep going. He keeps going, right? So now we're at like, we're at like, what? Like maybe a thousand years, two thousand years. Keep going, man. Keep going. A thousand years, two thousand years. Keep going. All the way out the door. Keep going. Silas, keep going. All the way. Keep going. Parking lot. Keep going. Silas, dude. <laughs> Indianapolis, just keep downtown, keep going. Bye, Silas. Good luck, man. I, lo- I love you. Um, so you, you can stop, Silas. You can stop. Okay, now, now bear with me. I want you to imagine that this thing was long enough. It's not. But let's say that it was long enough that he could literally walk through the parking lot, 
he could keep unraveling it all the way down roads, downtown, Indianapolis, through Indianapolis, all the way. When you've driven out of the state, let's say that he could keep going all the way out of the state. And from the state, he makes his way all the way ultimately to even the pond, the ocean, right? Like he lands at the ocean. Let's say that he could get on a little boat there, not a little, I guess a big boat there. And, and he held it and he just continued to unravel as he made his way like around the world, lands at another continent and begins to, so it's like, we're talking over mountains. We're talking going through like deserts. We're talking going through like tundra. He just circles the whole globe all the way around. Boats, back, whatever. Lance comes back through. And let's say he like walked through this front door. And he, he, he comes in. He's got like a big beard. He's older. He's like, I did it. I got all the way around. And I'm like, awesome. And let's say then I sent him down to Florida. Then he goes all the way down to Florida. Like, okay. All the way down to Florida. Continues to unravel it, right? All the way down, we get a rocket ship. You know, like I, I meet with Musk down there, and uh, we make this deal. And uh, he, he knows me. He doesn't know me. And, uh, and I put him on a rocket ship, and, and Silas like, puts his hands outside of the rocket ship, and we send him out, pretend he could do this, out into space. And it's still just like unraveling, continuing all the way. I mean, he's got like huge calluses on his fingers now. It's just continuing to unravel all the way out into space. He continues just to go and go and go. And eventually he gets like past our little solar system. He's like into like no man's land. And he's got so much energy behind him. The energy and the rockets ends, but he's got so much momentum. He just kind of continues to float forever. (laughs) Unraveling. All of your pain that has ever happened... in this. Okay, so, so now, now, now bear with me for a minute. You've been abused. You've been to war. PTSD. Anxiety. Abandoned. Here's the crazy thing. Your worst days are getting ever smaller as eternal beauty and wonder grow ever larger. Your worst days grow ever smaller in comparison to the eternal beauty and wonder that grow ever larger. Here's the thing I want to... Those of you sitting out there today and you're thinking... I battle with regret over this decision, or I'm a war vet, and I don't know how to handle the PTSD, or anxiety, or depression, or abandonment, or, listen, I want to tell you something. I can see how it gets ever smaller. I can see how it gets ever smaller. As you grow ever more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. I mean, like, hang with me. We're going to do this pretty much all morning here. I want to make a couple of really clear statements. You are an eternal creature. This is merely your origin. Your time in this broken world where evil can cause suffering is 
Now, I'm not the first biblical student to be aware of this. I mean, many scholars through history make this statement. I mean, I love the way C.S. Lewis, he's so good. It's not a Mike sermon without a Lewis quote, right? Like I got to quote Lewis or it doesn't count. Um, C.S. Lewis, I love the way he says, if you ever read the Chronicles of Narnia in the last battle, all of this darkness and hardship and war and confusion and it all comes to an end. Remember, they cast the stars down and if you've ever read the stories. And then Aslan's there and he runs further up right, into God's kingdom, and he turns around, and he roars back. And all he says over and over again is, further up, further in, bigger, longer, greater, more beauty, more wonder. Further up, further in, more wonder, more beauty, greater. Further up, further in, more wonder, more glory, more beauty. Just grow and grow and grow. This, my friends, where all of this sin and death and pain and hurt, where all of it can affect you. You see, this is not your life. This is the only part of your life that sin and death is affecting you in the way that it is right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? As a follower of Jesus Christ, you literally go further up, further in, into him forever. That's hard to even comprehend. Okay, so here's another way to say it. If you ever heard the Pilgrim's Progress, I love the way they use the metaphor, right? For Christians, despair only comes in the moments we forget what is most true. And this, of course, is a reference to the Pilgrim's Progress. The cage of despair we all feel trapped in. So pause for a moment. Those moments you feel trapped in an anxiety or you trapped in a PTSD or trapped in a hardship, trapped in being overlooked or trapped. Those moments you feel trapped, just be very aware of them. The cage of despair we all feel trapped in at times has a door the enemy cannot lock. He cannot lock you in there for forever. He cannot lock you in there for forever. Right? I, I, this is to the Christians, right? Now, now listen. If you reject the source of eternal beauty and hope, you choose to stay in the cage. But the enemy cannot lock it. All right, let me keep going. The impact of sin and death is ever shrinking. Like, in a sense, in comparison, this is ever shrinking compared to the everlasting, right? It's ever shrinking because an everlasting heaven draws ever nearer and ever greater. I mean, Lewis and Another one of his books, The Great Divorce, he literally has people forever getting more solid and more stable or forever growing more faded and smaller. You're either growing more solid and more stable or more faded and smaller. Okay. You are an eternal creature. You are an eternal creature. Death is shrinking well, wonder and beauty grow in relation. Silas never came back. I hope he literally is not walking down the road. I mean, you know him best. 
he's not. Okay, that's good, that's good. All right, I want to keep going. I want to push in. Now, I want to reference Psalm 20, verse 7, the other one we talked about here briefly. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Okay, now, let's pretend that you could build the perfect political system for humanity at this time in history. Even the best of man endeavors only take you this far. Some of you trust in Christian man-made chariots, Christian man-made horses, literally the reference in the text, historically speaking, ancient Mesopotamian civilizations, they're referencing the power of what man can do. The power of what man can do, even if it's the power of what man can do in a way that you like it, is only this strong. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So if the chariots and the horses war against you, or war with you. They're only this strong. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Have you ever met those older Christians? And it's almost always older Christians. And they are, uh, they're always, these are kind of rare, a rare breed of people. But they're the ones that are always kind of okay my grandma was this way. So n- n- not all of the older people I know. I definitely know some misers, not here, but somewhere, <laughs> where they just get more obsessed with what's broken and more angry at what's broken and more frustrated with what's broken. But once in a while, you bump into some of these older folks where they just actually believe trust in the name of the Lord our God. And aren't those people, like, strangely beautiful? Like, sometimes you leave conversations with them and you think, oh, why can't you take this more serious? And other times you leave conversations with those people and you're like, I wish I could have the hope that they have. And sometimes you can leave conversations with those people and be driving home going, you're not taking this serious enough. And on your way home, you switch ideas and go, I also wish I could trust in the name of the Lord at your level. They're strangely beautiful people. So this begs a really good question. I want to hit on this for just a few moments. How do we grow our perseverance and hope, right? So what does it mean to be the kind of person? It's not that we ignore this. This does matter. There are big eternal decisions that happen right here. But we also know that this is minuscule compared to the ever-increasing, ever-for-forever that's growing, How do we grow our perseverance and hope? Couple of things I want to offer to you. Uh, The first idea is this. Think eyes. Eyes. Be aware of what has your attention, what has your focus. I I mean, uh, 
If you literally are spending three hours a day watching Fox News or CNN or whatever, or even ESPN and sports. And I mean, you are giving hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of your day. You're literally going back and refreshing the news site over and over again to see who wins the Senate. It's like, oh, 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 did we win? Oh, not yet. Oh, oh, did we win? Not yet. Oh, refresh. Did we win? Not, oh, ah. And then you wait three hours and you're like, refresh the website again. Did we win? No, oh, we didn't win yet. You're literally obsessing, obsessing. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But when you give hours and hours and hours and hours of your day and your attention to this, chariots and horses, and you give a 30-second prayer before you eat, What are you training your heart to put its trust in? Chariots and horses? The name of the Lord our God. I have a weird thought. Are you ready for this? I think the world desperately needs those strange, weird Christians that actually believe this is true. They actually believe this is true. Listen, I'm not saying to ignore or not be involved in current geopolitical issues. We should be. That's the right thing to do. But they are not our hope. I am merely asking you to be aware of what has your attention. And this second part is so important. And what is happening to your hope? I want to say what I opened with again, right? For Christians, despair only comes in the moments. And they come for all of us. We all have these moments. I'm not shaming you. I have them. Despair comes in the moments we forget what is most true. The cage, to reference, I'm, I'm, I read books with my kids in the mornings on the way to school. We do audio books. It's a way for me to like listen to a little section of an audio book and then talk about it. So I do this with my kids in the morning and I'm taking my kids through John Bunyan right now, right? So um, that's why these metaphors are in my mind. But the cage of despair we all feel trapped in at times has a door the enemy cannot lock. So, so here's the thing. Whatever spot, whatever fight you're in, whatever war you are currently in right now, I just want you to pause Think about what war you are currently fighting right now. And let me say this clearly over it. The enemy does not have the power to lock that cage forever. You choose. Christ's work makes a way. Eyes. What are you watching? What are you giving your attention to? The second thing I would say is hands. Um, there's so many books on this. You are what you love. There's modern authors, modern thinkers, even secular ones that talk about how what you give your time and energy and attention to, you begin to love. So if you want to love Bitcoin, start putting your money in it and start paying attention to it, and then you're going to start caring about it. 
right? Where your treasure is, your heart follows that. If you want to not care about the homeless, don't pay attention to them and don't give anything to them. If you want to care about the homeless, give to the homeless. If you're putting your money in it, you're going to start paying attention to it and start paying attention to them and you're going to start caring about it. So listen, here's the deal. You can control what you care about based on what you give your eyes and what you do with your hands. You can control it. You can shape what you love. You want to care more about getting your golf game right? Spend two grand on a set of clubs. And you're going to try way harder. That's something that's definitely passing away. Praise God. I'm just kidding. If you love golf, maybe there is a place on the outskirts of heaven where they'll play it. I don't know. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, 7. You do not have to go there again. Love always hopes, always perseveres. Always hopes, always perseveres. What are you shaping with your hands? I want to read to you two scriptures. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 is the first one. You don't have to turn there. Lay up treasures in heaven. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Exodus 17, 18 through 13 is so good. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up on the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up imagine that in your mind, held up his hands on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. So the question I have for you, 1 Corinthians 13, always hopes, always perseveres. What you are to do, I'm going to invite Josh up and we're going to be done in a few minutes. What you are to do, what we are to do, always hopes, always perseveres. You are to become the kind of people who shape your lives to see and remember this. And there's two ways that you can do that. By choosing what you will give your attention to. So when you're on your phone and you're just refreshing the Senate race over and over and over and over and over and over, it might be done. I don't know. I'm not watching it. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. At some point, go. Some ch- trust in chariots and horses. Bible app. I trust in the name of the Lord our God. Or if you're older, that's the young people over and over and over refreshing. Or if you're older and you just. You're literally sitting in front of the news for hours and hours and hours and hours hoping for one new nugget of news about a new horse thing or chariot thing. Maybe you just turn it off and go, some trust 
and horses and chariots. But we, I, I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord our God. Listen, I'm not saying those things don't matter. Do vote. Do get out and vote. Stand for what is eternally right. You should do that. You should vote biblical principles. I'm great with that. But man-made things are not your hope. Be weird. Be weird. Let people around you go, why aren't you freaking out about this? Some trust in chariots and horses. I trust in the name of the Lord our God. It's what I do. The other side of that is you give your attention to what you give your attention to. The second thing, again, is you get to, God gives you, listen, God allows you to have a certain level of resource, time, talent, treasure, all three of those. Some of you, you might be in college, you got, I got no talent yet, and I got no treasure, but I can make time. Some of you are like, I'm tired. I'm at the end, but I got treasure. Some of you are like, I got talent, but I don't have, listen, some of you have all three. Lucky. You can shape what you love by what you choose to hold up. By what you choose to hold up. Whose arms are you holding up? What ministry, what message are you holding up? Horses and chariots? In the name of the Lord our God. It's crazy that it's culturally weird for me to ask for you to give to a missionary. That's, don't talk about money in a church. And yet it's somehow okay for a politician to call you endlessly and you're like, yeah, we need to get behind that. What? Some trust in her- chariots and, and horses. I keep wanting to say Harriets. Harriets. But we trust the name of the Lord our God. I'm going to make a couple statements again. You are an eternal creature. Listen, say this. I am an eternal creature. You ready? Here we go. I am an eternal creature. You are. Long after Babylon, Persia, Babylon, Rome, the United States, whatever else rises and falls, long after all these nations rise and fall, you will remain. You are greater than a nation. Your time in this broken world where evil can cause suffering is minuscule. For Christians, despair only comes in the moments we forget what is most true. And it's okay when those moments happen. They do. They happen to me. They happen to you. I was talking with a a college student here a number of weeks ago. Now that my son's in college, I'm interacting with a lot more college students again, and it's really fun. And this, this young individual was having kind of an existential crisis, which, you know, as an education, I love it. I'm like, this is just great 
playgrounds for me to ask questions and spur big thoughts. And remind them of what is most true. What is most true. The cage of despair we all feel trapped in at times has a door the enemy cannot lock. The impact of sin and death is ever shrinking because an everlasting heaven draws ever nearer and ever greater. So I'm just going to ask a couple questions and I need to be done this morning. Just, okay, so I'm going to ask these. I'm going to ask them slow. I'm going to ask them slow. And whatever God lays on your heart out of these questions, you don't have to answer all of them. You don't have to answer any of them. I just want to get you to think a little more. Always hopes, always perseveres. Be the kind of person who can build always hopes, always perseveres. Love always hopes, always perseveres. Be the kind of person that trusts in the name of the Lord our God. So here are a couple questions. What temporal noise is keeping you from remembering and seeing Christian hope? So the next logical question, what do you need to turn down, stop investing in, or literally walk away from? I asked this question to a young adult a couple weeks ago, and the young adult was like, Instagram, that caught me way out of left field. I was like, okay, why Instagram? Because I'm always comparing myself against other people. And I think about the new jobs or vacations I go on. I was like, all right, Instagram, dump it so that you can remember what it's like to have hope, eternal hope. Next question, just to get you thinking, what do you need to receive from God? Peace, hope, comfort? Like, is there a part of this forever you that you just need to be reminded of today? Then the last question how could you use your time, your talent, and treasure to hold up the arms of Christian eternal hope? I just want you to get the next steps card out. Everybody grab it. And just start writing what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you 
just start writing. Jesus, in your name, I pray that you would speak to the people in this room, that you would lead them where they need to go, that you would love them in the way they need to be loved, and that you would remind them that no man-made chariot, no horse, nothing we construct with our hands even comes close to the eternal work of an everlasting God. Remind us of what is most true this morning. The cages of despair that we feel at times, the enemy cannot lock those doors. Eternity beckons us. Jesus, you beckon us. For us as Christians who follow you, nothing can break what you are making. As C.S. Lewis says, God, we are so earthly centric in our thinking. Earth matters, but it is origin. And earth as we know it now is not eternity. If you would take some time and reflect and write whatever God's put on your heart, do it. And somebody find Silas.